This episode of Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher is brought to you by my friends at Catoctin Creek Distilling Company. Located in Percival, Virginia, Catoctin Creek Distilling Company is the Virginia rye whiskey. From its traditional production methods to the land that infuses every bottle, everything about Catoctin Creek is inspired by the history and craft of Virginia. Founded by Scott and Becky Harris in 2009, Catoctin Creek is proud to be the first legal distillery since Prohibition in Loudoun County. And if you were drinking whiskey in Virginia before Prohibition, you are most certainly drinking rye whiskey, which is what Catoctin Creek is known for. Considered Virginia's most awarded whiskey, Catoctin Creek's flagship product, Roundstone Rye, is a 100% rye single barrel whiskey produced in the tradition of slower distillation in copper pot stills. That process results in a richer flavor, texture, and spice. This whiskey is delicious. So if you're ever in Percival, Virginia, stop in and say hello to Scott and Becky Harris at Catoctin Creek Distilling and tell them that Howard sent you and get some Roundstone Rye. It makes some darn good gin and brandy too, I'm gonna tell you. So just stop in and see them. You'll be very happy you did. And now let's get on with the show. And some of the interesting statistics and data that we've seen come out of focus groups out of D.C. is that uh, there's, a, there's a reputation there that we don't grow our own fruit and oh. that we don't have our own vineyards. And so while they come out here and they enjoy the wine, there was a time here in Loudoun County where people were pulling fruit from California and other, other states, Washington, oh. um, because we had tragic years like 2011 here. As a winery, you're trying to get up and we're, like I said, we have the foot traffic. But to, and to sell that wine, but if you have if you have a tough vintage, then it is it is difficult. And what that has, what unfortunately, what that had turned into is that DC there is this perception that there aren't vineyards in Loudoun County. And so, <laughs> as we look, you know, as we look forward, that's one of the biggest things we're looking to to change. One of the perceptions with working with both the Virginia Marketing Office, Visit Loudoun, and the Loudoun Winers Association is turning our turning that DC market into understanding that one we are a destination. Uh, we offer really beautiful experiences and we're different in each regard of the wineries that are here, um, but that we also have uh, vineyards and we're growing really high quality fruits and making uh, high quality wine that is right here in Loudoun County. This is Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher, a podcast that shines a light on the best winemakers, craft brewers, and spirit distillers in the DMV. So grab a glass of your favorite adult beverage. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and let's get started. Thank you, Asia. Hello and welcome to Barrel Tasting. I'm Howard Fletcher. This week I'm visiting the lovely hills of Leesburg in Loudoun County, Virginia to speak to a truly impressive member of the wine community in the state. Amy Henkel, co-owner of the Vineyards and Winery at Lost Creek, brings more than 16 years of experience in global operations and has a proven track record of propelling entrepreneurial startups and leading multi-million dollar global operations. Most recently, she was vice president of supply chain for the local upstart Custom Inc. And they've done great things. Her career has spanned across companies such as Intel and Donaher. She holds a bachelor's in electrical engineering from the University of Texas at Austin, beautiful campus and a master's in electrical engineering and an MBA from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, better known as MIT. Yeah. All of that is super impressive. It makes me feel like a slacker for sure, and it's great content, but for another podcast. Those tremendous accomplishments are not why Amy is on the show, not today. Amy's passion for wine and love of business, Virginia and Loudoun County drove her and her husband Todd to purchase the vineyards and winery at Lost Creek. Now get this, she's also the president of the Loudoun Wineries Association. Her goal is to show how great Virginia wines can be. And that's all you need to know for now. She can tell you the rest. So with no further ado, here's my conversation with the president of the Loudoun Wineries Association and the owner of the vineyards and winery at Lost Creek, 
Amy Hankel. Let's all raise a glass. All right, I'm here at beautiful Lost Creek Vineyard and Winery with Amy Hankel. Amy, first, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this. Yep. Jennifer Siegel at Visit Loudon mm-hmm. kind of connected us. Right. And I was really excited when she said, well, do you want me to connect you with Amy? Because I didn't at the time, I know you're the president of the Loudon Wineries Association. Right. I didn't make the connection with Lost Creek. Mm. Now, this is a winery that's been on my radar, and for whatever reason, I haven't made it here. Mm-hmm. So I'll conf- confess <laughs> that I have not been here, but I wanted to come here not because it's one that I hadn't been to. It's, I wanted to come here because of the reputation preceded it. I, mm-hmm. You know, I sit down, I talk wine with a lot of people, a lot of local wine, and uh, I, this was one place where I had to say, no, I haven't been. <laughs> So I'm glad to finally be here. Glad you're here, too. There's so much I want to talk to you about. A lot of the wineries that I've been to and have been on the show, and I like the wine that they produce, the winemakers have a long history, usually, in wine. And I don't believe that's the case with you, Mm -hmm. but you obviously know what you're doing. Let's start there. First, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about you. Sure. So my uh, husband and I, we got into the business in 2012 when we purchased Lost Creek Winery here. And kind of our journey here, we both came from the technology industry. Um, We're both engineers with a a business background, but uh, a very strong love of wine. We honeymooned back in Bordeaux, um, and that's where we kind of caught the bug, if you will. I can imagine. Saying, uh, one of these days we're going to own a vineyard and winery. And we thought it would be one of those where you wait till you retire, but... We, uh, we kind of fell into this a little bit, and uh, it was a great opportunity that we didn't want to uh, pass up. We'd been looking at vineyards for a while now. Uh, we had looked at Napa um, purchasing existing. We looked at uh, new land and, uh, outside of uh, in Oregon, right wow. when Pinot Noir That's, uh, was up and coming. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, this is, what, 2010? Uh, yeah, so that would have been—we were looking in, like, the, yeah, 2008 to 2000, you know— 10 range okay. we were um, before we moved here so um, when we moved here we we were uh, surprised to see that there were wineries here to be honest yeah. um, and the whole idea of an emerging region was really interesting to us in that we could get into uh, a winery with you know that was like what we enjoy when we go to California which is those mom and pop and smaller boutique wineries but we also wanted to be large you know find some place that was large enough to help make an impact on the Virginia wine industry yeah so that's really where we kind of fell in love with with Lost Creek we thought it was a great size and we'd been watching the industry for a while and and seeing how it was you know um, transforming and wanted to be in the industry from then on so we had been looking for a while and then stumbled on the Lost Creek and Pulled the trigger. So the uh, winery that was operating here when you purchased it. Yes. What wine were they producing? Is it different than what you're producing now? It is absolutely opposite of what we were producing. I what they were producing. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the you know when we purchased it, the vineyards were in great shape. We we grow estate Chardonnay. Mm. Uh, we have Vidal Blanc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Merlot here on the estate. Uh, but they were very sweet wines. So, um, and, and I would say that, you know, people kind of coming into the industry then were usually converting their farms over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not, not always the most ideal land for vineyards yeah. and a lot of just people trying to figure out how to make wine. And so, you know, that's kind of what we walked into at that time um, and very sweet wines. So when we came <laughs> in, yeah, <laughs> when we came in, we, you know, we were focused on making high quality uh, 100% Virginia, 100%. We've now trans, you know, moved into 100% Loudoun County wines because we really wanted to show a, a strong sense of place with a really high quality, all dry wines, as a matter of yes, fact. Yes. So, <laughs> very good. Yeah. So all the fruit you use now is from Loudoun. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, before you were, had to go to other regions just because you didn't have the the vines planted yet, or well, part of it, yes, there yeah. was not enough fruit in Loudoun County for us to um, procure that fruit. Yeah. The uh, the other thing I would say, being new people in the industry, you have to get to know people. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to get to 
uh, that that in that network and really try to understand who has the best fruit in the area. And that's actually who we wanted to partner with. So right. that was very important to us. Um, and at the time, you know, there were there were a lot of vineyards that were coming online in Loudoun County, but people had already um, committed that fruit to other people. And so it took us several years to start working with those independent growers, specifically here in Loudoun County, that were producing that really high quality fruit that we were looking for. So it, it took a little while for us to make that transition. You know, uh, you got into the, I'm not I'm telling you your own business, but you got into the market, into the Virginia wine market, right around the time that they, people started figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Before, you know, they were producing a lot of sweet wines. Now I live in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about it on this podcast before. Maryland's about maybe, I don't even want to put a time to it, but I'm going to, about 10 years behind, if not more, Virginia mm -hmm. in their evolution. Now, there are some, the, one of the best wineries in the region, in my opinion, is in Maryland. I talk about them way too much. I guess I shouldn't be plugging them again. But there are some excellent vineyards and wineries in Maryland, mm -hmm. but they're very few. I mean, mm -hmm. I can put them on one hand, in my opinion. A lot of sweet wine up there. Mm -hmm. They haven't made that that change that you're talking about. How difficult was it to? I mean, if, you you knew you were going to do that, but how mm -hmm. difficult was it as far as business is concerned or clientele to change the brand? Because was this place called Lost Creek when you purchased it? It was previously, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a there's a vineyard in Maryland, the oldest vineyard in Maryland, Bordy Vineyard. And they did a lot of sweet wine. Mm -hmm. They have a rich history <laughs> of sweet and fruit wines. Yeah. Uh, but the owners and his son uh, are switching over to dry. Mm -hmm. And so they are right now. In, but they haven't gotten totally rid of the, their sweet wine either. Mm -hmm. So they're working through that. So I've, I've heard a lot about that transition. So how was that for you? Uh, that was probably one of the hardest things, to be mm. honest, um, purely from a business perspective, sure. because they're, the clientele that enjoys sweet wine is not the same clientele that enjoys dry wine. Absolutely not. <laughs> and uh, we made, um, I always say, we did a lot of things right, but probably one of the things we should have done was change the name, because it was important to distinguish that we were no longer the Lost Creek of the sweet wines, but we were, you know, had changed um, ownership, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, when we bought it in 2012, um, we still had a lot of the sweet wines in inventory from the previous uh, winemakers. So we were working through that. And then in 2013, we started introducing our own drier vintages. Um, and funny enough, going into 2013, that was one of the worst years we, well, it was the worst year that we've had okay. for Lost, ever at Lost Creek. And part of that was because we were losing the clientele that yeah. really liked the sweet wines, and we hadn't gained the clientele that really liked the dry wines because they had been here before and said, I'm not going to come back because I don't want, I don't like sweet wines. It's not what I enjoy. And they hadn't heard that we changed ownership. So it was a, it was a struggle for us in 2013 um, and took some time to build that reputation and get that, that back in. Uh, but since then, we've been growing like crazy once we were able to turn that corner. But... That was a tough. That was a tough time. Tough year. Yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I I wanted to come here mainly because of your reputation from people mm -hmm. I know who love Virginia wine, and they always mention Lost Creek. On the business side, what did you do? Tell me what you did to get your name out there as a dry wine, elegant wine producer. I mean, your mm -hmm. your that job actually is more difficult than probably going in as a new entity. Yeah. But but I think that is one of the biggest challenges for. Virginia winemakers in general and new businesses mm -hmm. is to get people to taste their product, understand their product. So what, how did you leap that? You know, uh, interesting there. We, tr we tried a couple of things. We did magazine articles. We did, um, you know, we, we entered into like the Northern Virginia best winery sure. kind of competitions, those types of things. But to be honest, what we found was over probably the, the strongest – uh, marketing that we ever had. It was social media uh -huh. and word of mouth. And so it was really important that when people came in that they had really that special experience and were able to talk really highly of the wine and go tell their friends. And so we really encouraged people to give us feedback, to give us those reviews online. And then we, we would push that out into, into social media, into Facebook and 
you know, improve our Yelp reviews and and um, do that. And to me, that was always, you know, we we monitor our marketing. We ask people how they heard about us, how did they, you know, what made them come in, and um, most, you know, probably about eighty percent of that. Uh, is social media and, and word of mouth. I mean, may, maybe magazine articles were a small fraction of that, five six percent. But for most part, it's it's about the the reputation. And then it, it was a slow growth at start. But once yeah. once the word gets out, then it really starts to to take off. So yeah, I um, I think that's probably the most effective advertising is word of mouth yeah. and uh, referrals. I used to sell real estate for twenty years. That's a yeah. that's a big thing there. <laughs> I want to talk about your wine, and we will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> but I want to talk, as, since we're on the subject of Virginia wine, and you're the president of Loudoun County uh, Winery Association, first let's talk about the state in general. Mm-hmm. Virginia wine, and, you know, for those people in the know, unfortunately, some people, I guess you really have to be in the know, because there are a lot of people who I've met who say they are wine drinkers and all that, and then you talk about Virginia wine, and they're clueless. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think is the – and they, they, a lot of strides have been made in the last decade, but mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges of being a wine producer in the state first, and then we'll talk about Loudoun County? Yeah. Um, well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's – because when you talk about the state in, as a whole, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of things that are um, – there, there's a couple like reputation things, right? There's Correct. there's been that issue of not every winery in Virginia produces high quality wines, and so it is a little bit of a hit or, hit or miss right now mm-hmm. um, of whether you go to this winery and it's outstanding, and you go to this winery and you're somewhat disappointed, you know. So, but we're seeing that that quality level elevate across the board. Mm-hmm. And that's been one of the biggest things through the Virginia Governor's Cup and through like what we do here at the Loudoun Wineries Association, which is a, a Loudoun Wine Awards um, every year, the Monticello Cup. Like the whole idea there is that we're, we're putting our wines out there so that we can see how we're doing against our peers and help elevate, just help each other to like yeah. elevate the whole industry. Um, I think we're still trying to figure out what really grows here and where the best vineyards are uh, is probably another thing that uh, is interesting as we move forward. I certainly can see that in one of that's one of the things in Loudoun County and as well as the Virginia Vineyards Association is pushing pretty hard because, as I mentioned previously, just because it was your family farm and you could grow corn on it or you had cows on it doesn't mean that it's great for vineyards. And right. actually, that mountainside where nothing wants to grow and it's rocky is can be and uh, impossible to, to think you could ever grow anything in it, that's what a vineyard loves. And mm. they're tough to plant on those hillsides, but once you find that land and you uh, put those vineyards there, the fruit that you can get from that is, is tremendous. Um, and then I'd say the third thing is we're still trying to figure out what really grows great and what who Virginia is and what are those, those varietals that uh, do really, really well and are very interesting. And we're we're, there's a lot of different varietals that are that are getting grown, um, not only just in Loudoun County, but just in Virginia in general, that, yeah. that span from Spanish grapes like Albarino to, um, you know, some more obscure French grapes, Carmenere. I mean, there's people have been trying to figure out um, what does well. And so every year we, you know, we continue to we continue to get that knowledge and, and gain that. So I think there's kind of those three things across the board that are that are helping us. And then once we, as we figure those out, distribution outside of the state is yeah. the next big thing. So, and we've already seen some of those vineyards doing that already. Barbersville, Veritas, those are bigger names, um, early mountain vineyards that can get those wines out, can produce enough to get it out of the state and get some names, name recognition for, uh, for Virginia as a whole. So that was a really good answer, by the yeah. way. <laughs> um, you know, I've been, it's really exciting when I see uh, a new variety and some varietals in uh, in the bottle start coming out in Virginia done well, like mm-hmm. Albarino, yeah, um, that's that's really neat. I guess that's why branding at this point branding's always just in business important, but at this point in the market's emerging emergence, uh, I guess it's important that you that you do brand yourself mm-hmm. because you can't rely on 
you know, this isn't Napa Valley. I mean, some people, yeah. unfortunately, and, and I, I know there are some vineyards that make some shaky wines out there of something in Napa Valley. But for those who, for the consumer, mm-hmm. that's at least a reliable brand of, of a type that it came from Napa, right. California, that it comes from Sonoma. You know, right. they'll say, okay, it must be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the case, unfortunately, when you put Virginia on the label, at least not yet. Right. So um, let's talk about Loudoun County. I just had Beth Erickson on the show a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about Visit Loudoun, and I was very impressed. I am very impressed with the support that... Mm-hmm the winemakers here in Loudoun County get from a visit from the tourist industry, the tourist lobby or, or support industry, and uh, from the state. Mm-hmm. You know, I think th- as a Marylander, again, and somebody who's, who knows a few of the good winemakers there, I mean, that's something I, I think they envy that mm-hmm. they would like to, to see. But also your proximity to D.C. as opposed to, say, some of the, you know, you, now you name two large ones, Veritas and, and uh, Barbersville that mm-hmm. are down there near Charlottesville. I was about to say, unlike those who are that are farther away, but, they, you know, they have been able to flourish as well. Mm-hmm. But how do you benefit off of being your proximity to D.C. and the help you get from, say, some other entities? So, yeah. Uh, well, you know what's funny is um, the proximity to D.C. does get – it's interesting. We get more people through our tasting rooms than Napa Valley does. If you actually look at the total number of visitors that step foot in the door. Um, And we know this from Loudoun County because we've done surveys as the Loudoun Winers Association. And so we understand, you know, the level of of the number of people that we're seeing in our tasting rooms. I think one of the, what's very interesting too, is working with the Virginia Marketing Office, uh, which is uh, Virginia Wine Marketing Office, let me specify, because they are- In Richmond, yes. so overall, the state is extremely supportive in growing the wine industry. And some of the interesting statistics and data that we've seen come out of focus groups out of D.C. is that uh, there's, a, there's a reputation there that we don't grow our own fruit and oh. that we don't have our own vineyards. And so while they come out here and they enjoy the wine, there was a time here in Loudoun County where people were pulling fruit from California and other, other states, Washington, mm-hmm. um, because we had tragic years like 2011 here. And you, as a winer, you're trying to get up and we're, like I said, we have the foot traffic but to, and to sell that wine. But if you have, if you have a tough vintage, then it is, it is difficult. And what that has, what, unfortunately, what that had turned into is that D.C., there is this perception that there aren't vineyards in Loudoun County. And so <laughs> as we look, you know, as we look forward, that's one of the biggest things we're looking to, to change. One of the perceptions with working with both the Virginia Marketing Office, Visit Loudon and the Loudon Winers Association is turning our turning that D.C. market into understanding that, one, we are a destination. Uh, we offer really beautiful experiences and we're different in each regard of the wineries that are here. Um, but that we also have uh, vineyards and we're growing really high quality fruits and making uh, high quality wine that is right here in Loudoun County. And so that, you know, for, for us, that's that's one two of our biggest um, initiatives kind of moving forward is is pushing into that D.C. market. And what we think is if we can push even more, because honestly, the most of the people that we see come through the door are a lot of locals. Loudoun County, yeah. Fairfax, we don't get a lot of D.C. traffic um, as much as you would think we would, given our proximity to the area. So it is a market that we're still trying to get into and, and have a, a good perception with to pull more of those those visitors to. So. Mm. I'm a native mm-hmm. Washingtonian, and I, I've confessed on this show that I didn't realize that there were grapes, wine grapes in Virginia, mm-hmm. and it was until the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't just recently, it was in the <laughs> 80s. Right. Uh, but, you know, since they've been there since the time of Thomas Jefferson, I, I too did not know there were grapes here. What I've run into from my fellow natives who maybe don't make the trek down here or stigmatize uh, local wine is the quality. Mm-hmm. Not that this doesn't exist, but they, they don't understand the quality. I think that's for two reasons. One is because there was a learning curve mm-hmm. in the winemaking down here, and those right. people who tried it 25 years ago or so, you know, probably, and the, it's not consistent, like you said. They right. might have been disappointed in, in a 
that way. Mm-hmm. The, the, the other thing is that, you know, I just don't think that they understand the wine that's being produced here. Mm-hmm. As somebody who didn't seriously, I started seriously maybe drinking wine around the time you bought this vineyard. Mm-hmm. But like most Americans uh, who didn't honeymoon in the Bordeaux, <laughs> wasn't unfortunate enough to honeymoon in the Bordeaux, uh, you know, I started off with California wine. You know, I started right. really, you know, because I started out with Boone's Farm back in the 70s, if I'm going to be honest. But uh, when I started drinking wine that, for, that I was trying to look for, it's the quality. It was, it was California wine. Right. It was big California reds. Yep. And uh, so if you taste a wine that's a little bit more elegant – like you are making here, that might, that, you know, if you have, don't have the expectation of what you're supposed to be tasting, then you don't know what you're tasting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the problem. You know, I'm, I've found that Washingtonians are local people when they really, because we're very proud of our home. Yeah. Once they know what you're making here, the whole world changes mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. So let's talk about what you're making. Yeah. Here. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get to it. We'll talk about what you're making here. When you first planted, what did you plant? Yeah. Well, everything here was uh, existing. So okay. we have um, the Chardonnay and our Vidal Blanc was planted back in uh, 1997. Okay. And then uh, we have uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot that was planted in 2002. Mm-hmm. So we have some older vines here. And then for us, we work with other independent uh, vineyards to uh, get Petit Verdot. And we also we get additional Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot, and uh, Viognier mm-hmm. as well uh, from other, other wineries or other vineyards to make our wines here. So Now, you, you mentioned – did you mention Cap Franc? You, you, oh, you sorry, Cap Cabernet Franc. Franc. Okay, but- <laughs> But you do that here. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. 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 Well, we don't, we don't grow it here, we, uh, but all of the – everything, uh, all the production is here. Okay. Um, but we do get it from other vineyards that are in Loudoun County. How many acres is this? So the, we have 16 acres of vineyard here mm-hmm. on the property. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is we wanted to um, have full control – kind of moving forward. We, we wanted to have full control over our own grape growing because Certainly. our philosophy is very much that – wine is made in the vineyard and in, in order to make those high quality wines they have to start with really high quality vineyards and high quality land and so now we actually have another vineyard that is in the Blue Ridge Mountains um, it's 20, 25 acres um, with five acres planted right now of all the uh, Bordeaux varietals um, in addition to Tanat mm-hmm. yeah. and so that that vineyard came online in 2019 so you're going to start seeing truly an expression of all completely us all the way from the vineyard through the winery um, and that has allowed us to really back off on doing independent um, growers so that you can really we can really showcase kind of who we are that piece of land was specifically we went and found um, with a uh, geologist we were we went to a geologist and we said look we want to plant a really high quality uh, red vineyard and what we want you to find or help us find is the the soil mm-hmm. um, and the the slope and the aspect ratio you know aspect to do that, and we want to do that. Don't don't go around and like look for land for sale and then we'll come to you and right. tell us <laughs> is this good or not. Yeah. You tell us where the best land is and we will go knock on doors. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we did. Good for you. So um, so we're extremely excited about uh, about this vineyard that's coming online and and fun to see what it's going to do. When do you expect uh, to not your first? Vintage of that. Uh, well, this was only second second leaf, so yeah. we will probably it'll be a two twenty a two thousand twenty one vintage that that'll you know come out probably two thousand twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Um, of Tanat. Yeah. we did make a Tanat rosé this year though because oh, okay. we had enough okay. <laughs> we had enough of second leaf. Yeah. But it's you know when they're when they're so young they're very uh, they can be very aggressive and yeah. Um, well, you know, yeah. and I haven't ever tasted a Tanat rosé, but I do like dry rosés. Mm-hmm. I you know at one time I. Shunned rosé, but yeah, you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, I do really like Tanat, and um, it's exciting to see more winemakers and you know vineyards mm-hmm. delving into the world of Tanat. Yeah, because those you know they can range too. Yes. from very. Uh, I was speaking to Nate Walsh the other day. Mm-hmm. He called it rustic, from very rustic. Yes, <laughs> and, I, and I thought that was a very good way to put it. Very <laughs> rustic to a little bit more subtle, right you now, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, I've found that I really do like 
to that. Wow. And we'll be right back. This episode of Barrel Tasting is brought to you by Visit Loudon, the tourist office for the Loco Ale Trails. With 35 breweries and counting, Loudoun County is one of the most vibrant craft beer destinations in the U.S. Listen, it has a diversity of settings that no other region can match. Now, Visit Loudoun invites you to hit the Loco Ale Trail, which connects the urban breweries of Sterling and Ashburn in the east to everything from bespoke tap rooms in historic towns to farm breweries with stunning Blue Ridge Mountain views out west. On any given day, enjoy one of more than 300 unique craft beers on tap, some made with traditional ingredients while others test your taste buds with unique add-ins like graham crackers and macadamia nuts. Enjoy live music, trivia evenings, fire pits, food trucks. There's always a warm and welcome atmosphere from dynamic brewmasters eager to showcase their award-winning craft ales, pilsers, lagers, stouts, IPAs, and more. So here's what you need to do. Grab your Ale Trail Passport to collect stamps, win prizes, and say cheers in Loudoun beer country. For more information, check out the Visit Loudoun website at visitloudoun.org. That's V-I-S-I-T-L-O-U-D-O-U-N.org. Now let's get back to the show. So you found grape producers who you believe are producing high-quality grapes. Mm-hmm. Now, since uh, you've been, what, eight years in the yes. in doing this? Eight mm-hmm. years? Yeah. So has it become more uh, competitive to get good Virginia grapes, or is there enough to go around right now from those growers? Yeah, so it, there is enough to go around right now. Probably about three years ago, it was pretty tough to get yeah. into. And like I said, we had we had to work some, some good you know, relationships and, and, you know, and I think the other thing, these, the independent growers, they want their wine, they want their fruit to go into a highly reputable winery. And given that we were new on the scene, you don't know what we're going to do. Right. Right. And, uh, and to see, you know, the quality that we're going to put out, you're not going to see that for a couple of, you know, two, three years. And then to sustain that too is, you know, also really important. It can't just be like that one-off vintage that you mm-hmm. you just nailed it, and now you're <laughs> you're inconsistent. So, I think we it took us time to get that reputation, and that really allowed us to have access to that fruit. And so, those top vineyards, they still um, they did have more fruit that came online, which did mm-hmm. allow us to get in on those relationships, but. There is enough to go around at this point, but of those high-quality vineyards, not necessarily. So everybody, you know, we still uh, we still kind of vie here and there as some wineries uh, don't, you know, if it's a really great year, there might be extra right. that we can get our hands on. And then some years, um, it, it's tough. So it just depends on the vintage. Is there a vintage that you produced early on that, because you were new and smaller and relatively unknown uh that didn't get the notoriety like you're really proud of it but mm-hmm. nobody really drank it do you have anything like that <laughs> um oh gosh we we were super proud of our 2016 mm. um and but the reason i think it doesn't get the competition recognition that it deserves oh. is because your comment earlier about style. So our style is much more elegant. Mm-hmm. We're not big, powerful, you know, Cabernet Sauvignons and even Merlots. I mean, we're, we focus on Bordeaux blends. Um, we like to keep the tannins nice and round. We're not looking for super aggressive wines. Um, when that's in a flight of eight other wines in front of a judge, right. that wine is going to seem a little not so exciting, right? Because right. it doesn't have the, the big tannin punch to it that yeah. uh, some other wines will. Um, but that's just our style. And so when I look at that, we were so proud of our 16s because that was the moment when we were starting to transition into or, um, organic, sustainable farming. Um, we were doing all natural, f- starting to experiment with natural fermentations. We were going extended macerations. Um we were doing like whole berry sort. So we had really like st- stepped up a notch from our 2015 and previous years, uh-huh. a whole new level on our red wines. Um, and it just, you know, it didn't uh, it didn't 
quite get the the recognition that we that we wanted. But honestly, we you know we're just moving forward on that, and and we're going to keep. You know, like I said, we've got this this new vineyard coming online, and it, it's that vineyard because of the right soil and everything is a little bit more powerful. Mm-hmm. The purpose of this podcast is to promote the craft beverage industry in this region because mm-hmm. I'm very proud of it. I think it's some of the best in the nation. Yeah, and I really do believe that we're much like in the wine world, at least much like Napa in the '70s. You know, mm-hmm. and it, unfortunately, or at least not now. We won't be able to produce as many grapes as they do out there. So making, getting a, uh, a national distribution footprint is going to be very difficult, very uh, challenging. You know, because from, from what I understand, I mean, you know, you have some vineyards in California that produce more grapes than the whole state the of whole Virginia. State. I know. You know. Yeah. So what is it on a price point level? Is it difficult for or um, first, let me ask you this: Do you have any interest in your wines being sold in restaurants, or are they being sold in restaurants? They they are. Are are we previously have done it more for marketing purposes right. because by getting your name on the list, right. even if they're only carrying a, a you know one of your wines, it's right. a it's a name recognition sure. thing. And uh, you know we have gotten into some really nice restaurants, uh, La Berger Chez Francois. Very nice. Um, you know we've been at Patamac Farms, mm-hmm. so we've we've been in those uh, those locations. Um, interestingly enough, our goal though is as as part of both my husband and I with Virginia is to get is to elevate the Virginia name. Yeah. So for us, we want to get to the point where we can, you know, do a much uh, larger distribution. Mm. Um, still at that high quality, you know, restaurant level, but even more than what, you know, we only do like 1% right now because we're yeah. making 3,000 cases. Yeah. But we would love to be able to get that, you know, our production up so that we could push that out along, um, not just Virginia, but along the East Coast even, just yeah. to start pushing the Virginia brand more. Yeah. Um, because that's how we're going to make a name, is getting the quality wines outside of our state. Yeah. So. But from what I understand, it's it's difficult without taking out, doing, doing it at a loss, you know, for, you know, to, because by the time the restaurant has to mark up your wine to get a margin... Uh, in some states, in some mm-hmm. places, right. the customers, unfortunately, because we're at a place where you look at a, a Napa Red and it's, you know, sixty bucks on the wine list, and then you right. see this Virginia Red and it's eighty-five bucks on the wine list. You're probably going to go with the Napa if you're not, you know, if you're cost conscious. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hopefully, we can get over that hurdle. Uh, I was talking to a Sam out in Denver about Virginia wines who happened to know about Virginia wines, and she really would like to carry it. But she's like, I, you know, we can't do it at a call, at a price that would make sense to our customers. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't do it. So, yeah. um, well, I do think that's a that's somewhat of a philosophy thing within Virginia that we talk about just as an industry as a whole mm-hmm. is that you you know there's the model of the direct to consumer model where you can sell everything out of your tasting room and right. you're going to get the largest margin because you don't have to deal sure. with the three-tier system. But when you're selling into uh, distribution, it's more about volume, yeah. right, to get the same amount. And and a lot of times the wineries, they struggle because they it is hard to think, oh, my gosh, I can sell that bottle direct to consumer <laughs> for $45 yeah. or I can sell it to the restaurant knowing that they would pick it up and put it at that same, at a reasonable price that someone would purchase it on the list, mm-hmm. and I have to sell it to them for, for $12. Yeah. And that's a tough, that's a tough, you know, thing to reconcile with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from a business perspective. Absolutely. But it's just a difference in the model. So, yeah. 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 But you do need to get your name out there. You do. Like you said. Mm-hmm. So speaking of business challenges, let's talk about what we're going through right now about COVID. I've, what I've found very, first, let me say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry we are going through this. And, you know, it really sucks. But I've been very impressed by how some of some business per people, some entrepreneurs in the craft beverage industry, uh, and I'm not just talking about the distillers who made hand sanitizer, but the way that they have changed their distribution model and come through this. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really, you know, they should do a case study in B-School for this, for, for <laughs> how... Some of the uh, wineries, and especially the wineries, have dealt with 
this uh, COVID-19 thing. So tell us, how did you do that? What did you do? Oh, well, when it when it happened, obviously everything uh, here in Virginia was was shut down. Uh-huh. And the what we did was we went to to essentially um, pick up only. And we were fortunate enough to have grown a pretty you know sizable wine club. So we have over 500 members in our wine club. Uh-huh. And they really um, saw us through this. Yeah. I mean, I it was just uh, it was really wonderful how they were like really cared about what we were doing and wanted to make sure that we would make it out. Yeah, good. <laughs> on the other, <clears throat> excuse me, on the other side. So, so I get it's it's just it's an emotional thing for me yeah. because it really was you know you see your business and you're like wow what's what's about to happen here yeah and to just see how everybody was so helpful to you know help us get through it was was just fantastic and so they really you know people were hey let me I'm going to come pick up a case today mm-hmm. um, from you and on the weekends I mean we we do food here as well so we were doing food takeout because we're out here in the country there's not a lot of of options for that and so mm-hmm. we had even our neighbors around us that were coming in and and you know getting getting bottles of wine to enjoy at home and meals to enjoy at home and so it was that's what really saw us through the whole thing. Well, um, I understand you getting a little choked up there because uh, I've heard some beautiful stories about, you know, communities rallying around uh, wineries and all local business. But I guess here in Virginia and in Maryland, we have a soft place in our heart for alcohol producers. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, no, I've heard that plenty of times, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I do know of a few that, that... in Maryland, uh, that you know, really took a, a hit. I don't know if they're going to be able to recover because mm-hmm. they weren't able to do that. But it speaks to what you're doing here. Yeah, you know what you're producing. That's really cool. And it's in a short period of time. This is why I really wanted to speak to you. Yeah. Because when I started, you know, researching you, and I realized that you've only been here since t- 2012, I was like, wow. You know, because. Uh, you know, there are, I, I don't, can't think of many newer wineries in this part of the state or in mm-hmm. this, in the DMV that are really putting out some of the quality that you are. So that's, that's oh, to, be <laughs> yeah, it's to be lauded. Thank you. Um, so let's talk about 2012. You, since, if you could go back to 20, let's, let's, let's say 2010, mm-hmm. if you could send a text to yourself of, at 2010 about something you know now that you didn't know then, but you wish you knew then. If there is anything, what would you tell yourself for it? Um, I would have found the the vineyard in blue in the Blue Ridge Mountains faster. Mm. I would have. That's probably one of the first investments I would have made as far as expansion goes. Was to get that fruit planted and get it online faster. Um, because now, I mean, it's just really now that we've had that that vineyard for a couple of years now it's it's really just eye opening the level of quality that is coming off of that site um, relative to what we see here on our on our own estate um, i mean like i said this used to be farm so not as ideal our chardonnay uh, is beautiful it's mm. old vine i mean it's 20 years old our cabernet sauvignon and our merlot um, did more light bodied red and so at this point with the new vineyard that we have that came online that we've actually now purposefully make that um, to be a rosé mm. from our state mm. and it's so we pick it early mm-hmm. um, and it makes a, a beautiful rosé so our, uh, our our visitors lately have really loved because we're, we're doing Provence style rosés mm. now, very dry, direct yeah, press, yeah, yeah. high acid, and um, all natural natural fermentation all the way. And so people are just loving that style, and this vineyard's perfect for it. Um, um. And so it's it's been you know if I could have texted myself, that's what I would have said. <laughs> well, you know so. now it's it's really killing me because. Uh, my my mother's side of the family is from Bedford County, the you know uh, Bedford Lynchburg type of area. My grandfather was a farmer. Now he was a mainly corn farmer, but we lived at the bottom, or they lived at the bottom of the mountain. But we owned land up on mm-hmm. the mountain. It was Terrapin Mountain. Wal- yep. it's actually Walton's Mountain. That's the mountain that the Waltons lived on. But we sold it. Oh. <laughs> No, well, my my cousin oh, no. owns my cousin owns some, but it's on the flat part. Of it. But the but the you know the stuff that might 
possibly been good for right. growing, growing grapes, I'll never know. Mm-hmm. Or if I can win the lottery, I'll go buy, buy it back. <laughs> but it was really gnarly back then. Oh, you know, yeah. And so, so I want. So, what? Where is where in the Blue Ridge Mountains? Like, what county is your your place in? It's in Loudoun County. So okay. that is one thing that was very important to us too. Is okay. that when we were looking for land, we wanted to make sure it was in Loudoun County okay. specifically, and not over in Clark or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did get on the on the Loudoun County side of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Okay. Um, and uh, if anybody knows where Bluemont Winery, yeah, is, it's uh, as the crow flies. It's about a mile down along the ridge. Yeah. There, so, and there's a group of uh, vineyards right there. Um, that is uh, October one vineyards is there. We have ours, and then um, the uh, the coveted Russ Mountain Merlot, as we call it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just talking about those really high end producers mm-hmm. and how we all kind of are are everybody wants that fruit every year, and uh, so that's it's all all three of those vineyards are right there, um, kind of across from each other and so that is one thing like from a marketing standpoint that we're starting to look at and this is where the Loudoun Winers Association also comes in is you know getting those American viticulture areas designated take a couple of years to do that Um, they're very strict to to you know back in the 80s when Napa Valley got all theirs Mm -hmm. it was really easy to do and now it is um, transitioned into you have to have very specific climate data Rain data, you know, there's got to be delineated boundaries that indicate a microclimate that makes that area unique. Mm-hmm. And so we've, you know, we've started that analysis um, with geologists and others to start working that process to see if we can't designate American viticulture areas yeah. here in Loudoun County, yeah. which we hope think will help elevate again, kind of that image of quality, sure, sure. if you will, which is what you know down in Charlottesville they've already done that. They have the Monticello. Uh, AVA mm-hmm. um, down there, and so we're looking to do things similar here. To you know, how long does that process take? Do you know? Well, it's uh, from initial analysis yeah. and then submitting it into the to the TTB. Um, you're probably looking three to four years before they'll, you know, the back and forth process right. before you actually get it. Uh, and you're just approved. starting. You're starting now. We pro- we just started about a year ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that should go through. Yeah. I would think. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I would think. I yeah. Would think. So, um, is there anything? What's What's in the future for Lost Creekers, or anything you'd like the listeners to know about what you all are doing here? Or if you have something you'd like to promote, please do. Um, well, I, I'd say there's a there's you know a couple things that that make us unique. One yeah. is, as I've mentioned, we uh, we're one of the few ones in the area that does sustainable farming. So, mm. you know, we we grow, um, we stopped using pesticides. I always like to call our vineyard a little shabby chic because we're not as, if you drive past us, we're not the pristine undervine because we don't use Roundup or other <laughs> things to clear that <laughs> any longer. Yeah. Um, we use, we spray teas in yeah. our vineyards. Yeah. Um, when we bring it in, we we feel that we're very much the caretakers of the yeah. of the vineyard. And, and so we, we, treat it with kids, kid gloves, if you yeah. will, and um, let it go through uh, fermentation naturally, which, interestingly enough, uh, you know, can take months for it to actually finish fermenting. Yeah. And so what you end up with is a very elegant, more complex layers type of wine, right. um, which we're very proud of. Uh, and the, and those wines, like I said, we started that in 2016, and so you're, the, the clientele and, and customers are guests are just now starting to experience those wines, which we love, and they're getting really great um, accolades. Uh, we just had the pleasure of being listed as one of the top 10 names to know in uh, Decanter uh, in Virginia. Nice. So that was that was very cool. Um, also kind of just recognizing the quality of, of what we're doing. Absolutely. And then, um, and then the other fun thing we did this year was we opened actually um, a wine bar in Leesburg that is a remote, uh, it's a remote location for Lost Creek, but it also is promoting uh, international wines that are like us, where they're small oh. boutique producers and are um, uh, natural wines. And, and so we wanted to, Leesburg to me was kind of the, the gateway, if you will, to Loudoun County wine country, right. and yet there wasn't any wine in downtown Leesburg, and so what a great little historic town. Uh, so we just put in a, a, a new wine bar down there called Echelon, mm. which is a, a play off of our top 
red wine blend that we produce here, which is also Echelon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a fun project for us too, and I and I think that's getting us a lot of of good uh, recognition as well as far as uh, you know getting our name out there and Certainly. really showcasing what Virginia wines are all about. Because it's not we're not showcasing just our wines; it's it's other Virginia wineries as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. wow. Well, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, because I haven't not, I haven't been down there. I well, Amy. I want to. I want to thank you for taking the time sure. to, to speak with Happy me. Happy to. Is there anything I haven't asked you about that you wanted me to ask you and I haven't brought up? I'm going to um, get. Well, I wrote down there. There are three wines I want to get from you at least. But I don't know. Are you mentioned Echelon? I didn't see. Do you, do you have it? We do. We have the 2016 Echelon out. Okay, because mm-hmm. it, yeah. it, was, it was Trinity, I think, uh, the Chardonnay. I'm. I'm now. See, I used to shun white wines. I used to uh. turn my nose up to. <laughs> And um, and I just spoke to Jim Law a little while ago with Lyndon, who's yeah. like he just loves white wine. So I think you know I'm going to give it another chance. Right. So I you know I'm going to get some of your Chardonnay, and um, then maybe we'll discuss what the other one will be. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm excited to be here. I'm thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It's nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you too. And uh, maybe I can return sometime. I don't have to wear a mask. So <laughs> that would be wonderful. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank Bye-bye. you. Well, that's another show in the books. I had a fantastic time speaking with Amy Henkel in the tasting room at Lost Creek. If you live or near the DMV and you're planning to visit Loudoun County, Virginia, then listen, you must stop by Lost Creek. It'll be well worth your while. And please let them know that you heard about it on my show. It'll be a great trip, I guarantee it. I'd like to thank Amy for taking time out of her very busy schedule to be a guest on my show. Amy, you always have an open invitation to come and talk Loudoun County, Virginia wine, always. I would like to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. I'll introduce you to some of the best folks in the DMV, just like Amy, and the surrounding area, and that is a promise. Please tell your friends about us and have them tune in. They'll thank you for it, I know I will. As I've said many times before, this podcast is all about promoting the craft beverage industry in the DMV because it's some of the best in the nation, best in the world. If you agree with that, then please share the podcast. The more it grows, the more I can help get the word out about the craft beverage makers here in the area, and that's good for everybody. I'll be back next week with another craft beverage maker in the DMV to introduce to you. I know there's a ton of media out there you could be listening to besides me. That's why I work so hard to bring you the content that I do. I truly appreciate your time investment in me. Thanks again for listening. Remember, Always have a designated driver, so we'll see you next time. Isficata. You will see some more, you know, powerful reds, Bordeaux blends coming from us. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's Forgot okay. To put that on mute. I've, I've stopped this a million. <laughs> Trust me, I usually never stop these things. This is a very unusual interview. Um, you have been listening to Barrel Tasting with Howard Fletcher part of the Fletcher Podcast Group. You can reach Howard at his website, barreltastingpod.com. I'm Asia Blue. Thanks for listening. See you next time.